This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Hey, what do you say we do a Friday podcast? Why the hell not? It's certainly not a summer Friday, even though Al might think so. Al Dukes, how you be? Jerry, it's always a summer Friday, because Friday has that summer feel, whether it's uh, 30 degrees outside, it's snowing, sleeting, icing over, all that stuff. It's still Friday. Huh? I'll call it a fun Friday, not call it a summer Friday. 26 That's degrees. Fair. I almost killed myself walking in this morning in the ice. No good. That's fair. Yeah, you got to be careful on the ice. Uh, you had a, a flat tire today, uh, and... Oh. Um, you had posted a, a picture of your flat tire. Then Sal Licata had posted a picture of you changing a flat tire on his car. <laughs> we know yes. the story of you changing the flat tire in the Holland Tunnel Motor Lodge, where I stayed and on the turnpike. Where I stayed in the car. You've changed the flat tire on the turnpike. You uh, showed up uh, back from a Rutgers game, I believe, last year. Where not only did you have a flat tire, oh, that's right. It was airport. so cold out that when you went to do the use the air compressor that you had it in the popped. car. It popped because it was frozen. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's right. <clears throat> Which made Andrew Bogish ask, do you have the record for flat tires at WFAN? Right. It must. is amazing. I heard you yesterday. So I tried to listen on radio.com yesterday. Yeah. And it's so funny because I didn't realize until 9 a.m. that I had CBS Sports Network in the hotel on the TV. I oh. didn't even know. So I got, I got to watch a lot of the last hour but uh, before we went for our COVID testing. But... Uh, prior to that, I was trying to listen on Radio.com, and you brought up the fact that, you know, the smaller, you felt like you were drawn to, to flat tires because of, and maybe, and Eddie was saying, well, it's the area that we live in. Maybe it was yeah. this morning, actually. I think this and, morning. Um, it was this morning when I was listening. And it, it's true. You find, Sometimes you just get into those ruts where you end up with two or three flat tires, you know, in the span of three months. It's like, what the hell? And this one, if you remember, I went to go. I had an appointment Wednesday night to get this fixed because I had the, the nail in it. And I go there, and then they call me and say, yeah, we can't fix this because there's actually two nails in a very – very close proximity to one another and he showed me he goes if i fix it it's, it's not gonna work so we got to get you new tires i said fine i'll take two he goes yeah we don't have them <laughs> so i said well then what do i do he goes well you're fine we'll just leave it alone it's a slow leak you'll be all right the tires will be in friday i'm like uh okay well i wasn't all right i was down to five psi of pressure yeah. this morning when i got back from my wild adventure I am so. so locked in on tire pressure and getting flat tires because <clears throat> I don't know for whatever reason I had one car I had a uh, I had like a small SUV that I always used to get the nails in the tire but I really blame the 59th Street Bridge for that because yeah. I don't know every time I felt like every time I would get one every time I would go over it going to work but I wouldn't find out about it till I was leaving work. I have luckily, knock on wood, not gotten a flat tire at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, don't do that. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I always feel like, too, like even when I'm driving locally, I'm always looking, trying to look ahead like an eagle eye over, does that look like a nail in the road? Whenever I go into the parking lot of where I live and all the various places I've lived, I always yeah. walk around looking for nails and things. And we I always so find much. The problem you have right now is there's so much construction around work, yes. let alone the highways. The the area, and you haven't been there in a while, and you're going to come back and be like, wow, it actually looks nicer around here because they finished the project out front for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, there are new buildings that have gone up, and they're still being built. And there are construction vehicles, and just, it's ridiculous. So I'm not surprised I got the, the, the nails and the screws yeah. on the tire, but... 
it's frustrating. It really is. The worst is so. when you see if anyone in your neighborhood is getting a new roof put on their house, forget it. Because oh those uh, the nails for the roof, they wind up everywhere. Everywhere. You How about be your backyard? Yeah, your yeah. backyard, your front yard, the streets, the, the wind blows no them into the middle of the road. Got to be very careful. When we moved into our previous house, it was 2006, I believe. I want to say as far up as 2012, 13, I was still finding them. Which is ridiculous. Flat tires. Now, is Salicata, yeah. he also is not aware how to uh, change a flat like me? No, and what's crazy about Sal is that his dad was a mechanic. Yeah, that's tough. And Sal never learned one mechanical skill, not one. I feel like I'm a like I could walk somebody through changing a flat tire. I can't do it. I'd say first you loosen the lug nuts, then you jack the car up, then you take the lug nuts off, but 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 I never know where to jack the car up because if you do it yeah, in the wrong spot, you rip the bumper, you rip the fender off. It's you know you that's screw up most your axles. People's concern. You Why don't they make for, it clear? Well. It actually is kind of clear if you know what you're looking for, yes. <laughs> but if you don't, you're right. It's not easy. You like just, be... Here's what you you use common sense. You don't jack the car up on a plastic piece. You go, you want to look for solid metal. But I feel like it should be labeled jack here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. <laughs> you do that every Friday. You need directions. <laughs> jack here, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, I know what you're saying. You're not wrong. They should have big arrows that tell yeah. you to jacket. So, yes, I understand. We need it's jacket funny. arrows. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Jerry, I also want to point you in the direction of a podcast. Okay. I, I'm uh, looking for podcasts for these flights. All right. This is an interesting one. Uh, our friend Kevin Clancy from Barstool. Yeah. He did a podcast. He's got a new podcast himself called The Kevin Clancy Show. And the, the first part of the podcast is him just talking, I guess, and then he interviews a guest and then other things. Okay. But one inch was intriguing, so I downloaded it. It was a, it was called, the episode was called uh, I'm on Crazy Pills. Okay. Or no, it's actually, he called it Life is Like a Swimming Pool. All right. So it's the episode titled Life is Like a Swimming Pool. It's relatively new, the Kevin Clancy show. But it, it was all about him just talking about how he's been going to therapy, how he finally cracked and is now taking, as he called them, crazy pills, like uh, depression pills. Right, and it sure. was a very interesting discussion, well, not discussion, monologue, just about life, and I think you would enjoy it. And it really centered around whether it's better to have a really cool job but not a great um, life outside of work. Like right. no family, no. Or is it better to have a job, uh, a regular job that you don't like, but your family life is awesome? Interesting. And it was an interesting thing because it, it's it's hard to do both of those things. Like I feel he was like saying, I've done both. You do. Yeah, I do. Right, I mean, that's I, good. I, I I love what I do. Would you not agree that I have a pretty good uh, couple of gigs? Yes. Like I don't I feel would. like I have a boring nine to five job that I'm miserable right. going to every day at all. Not at all. I guess I guess his point though was like, and you have you do you do turn it off when you like you're not locked into Twitter and you're not locked into all these other things when you're no. not working. Not at all. And but I guess that like barstool, they they have to be like their whole thing is based on uh, social media. Sure, sure. Right. So he's he said you know when he was married. His wife always thought he was on social media too much and working too much. Well, I'll tell you this, because and to that point, and I, I think that's a, a great point, and it's valid, and it also comes down to, what. so for instance, you know that I have I run this Cornhole League, and we've been on hiatus right. now because of COVID. Well, I do it with a couple of guys, and we actually got together about a month or two ago trying to figure out what we were going to do, and we were contemplating taking a legit space that was going to cost us over $4,000 a month and I know it would work because the league set up, but it also meant we were going to have to be there, and there would be a rotation since there's three of us. We wouldn't have to be there every day, but you're probably going to be there four days a week. And I remember saying to them, are we just trying to make a little bit of money with this hobby league that we've created, or are we trying to like start a legit business? Because if we're going to start a legit business, which I do know will work, 
Like, it's a lot of time, and being at your kids' games is not going to be the priority anymore. Like, we've got to be here. And so I then think about the people on Wall Street that work crazy hours. I think about doctors that work, and I know some don't, but a lot of doctors, especially in emergency rooms, work nutso hours. Attorneys work 17-hour days. Is it, you know, which do you want? Do you want to work like a lunatic but miss a lot? But boy, but boy, you're gonna have a lot of money. Or do you want to scale it back and enjoy everything? I really believe I've got the best of both worlds, um, and it, everything's worked out well for me. But there is that next level where I mean, you can make a lot of money out there. But boy, it's gonna take a lot of your time. Like a friend of right. mine, a friend of mine opened up a restaurant. Now he already has done very well. Well, since he opened up the restaurant, no one sees him anymore. He's there night and day. He's missing everything. For you know, with his kids' games and stuff, is it worth it? And I guess that's a personal choice, right? The work-life balance. Yeah, really. And tough. he was also talking about it's hard to it's hard to complain when you have a a really cool job and one that other people see as a really cool job. Right? Yeah, no so one wants it, to hear it. No one wants to hear him complain about having to be on social media and him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's not that you don't have the same problems or concerns as a regular nine to five job but no one wants to hear it no it's the same you know what though al it's the same exact conversation we can have with pro athletes well they make 20 million dollars a year zip it and go play ball we forget that they actually have families and lives outside of the games you know it's kind of like and I, I really don't think I don't I don't believe I complained at all with what happened overnight to the, this morning. Five years I've been doing these Rutgers games, I have never once had a problem getting to my shift on time. Um, last night was a weird, weird night. What could have gone wrong went wrong, but I also look at it as yes, I documented with a couple of pictures because I thought it was interesting. But I'm not going to complain about it because I would think on the outside looking in, dude, shut the f up. You did a you know. You did a Big Ten basketball game. You flew privately home. Okay, you got diverted a little bit, and you were on TV all morning. Yeah, that sucks. You know, I'm not. I would never complain about that, but I could understand if you did, people would look at you like an ass, even though it sucked. <laughs> to be right. quite honest, I haven't slept since 9 a.m. yesterday. I'm exhausted, but you know that's my problem. No one else's. And he titled the podcast "Life Is Like a Swimming Pool" because he, one of the things he brought up is like. When you're looking for a house, or you want to, you 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 think, oh, I'll get a swimming pool. This will be great. I'll come home from work. I'll relax in my swimming pool. All this stuff, and so you bust your ass at work. You're taking extra hours at work. You're not seeing your family because you're working for the swimming pool. Then you get the swimming pool, and then like a couple years into it, no one goes in the pool anymore. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, did I just bust my ass and miss all these other things sure. to work for the swimming pool that I'm not even really using. No question. And, it, and you realize the work that goes into it. You got to take care of the swimming pool. You got to clean the swimming pool. Yeah, it's a it's a big responsibility. You're damn right it is. I I will download this because I this this yeah. interests me. Yes, very much. Yeah, I'm normally not a, a solo podcast like uh, just a guy talking into a microphone. Sure, but this was very good. It was almost like you were hearing a man in Kevin having a mental breakdown. Yeah, I believe. Listen, I've actually thought about doing something like that, but. You know, I I do agree with you. It's enough with the podcasts. I mean, it, you know, no one wants to hear me. I, I got this with you. We're on the air. It's it's enough. But I right. to me it's it, enough it, with the podcasts. To me, just discussing like life issues is like therapy to me, because we've all got the same issues or problems or family concerns that everybody does, and I think it is good for people to hear you talk about them, so people realize they're not the only ones that are going through different things. But you know. At the end of the day, I haven't done that, nor do I plan to. He also talked about how he's lived most of his adult life on the internet. Yeah. You know, I mean, with blogging and all that stuff with Barstool in the early days. and That's the career choice he made. Yeah. I mean, I've lived it, my old entire adult life on the radio. Right. But isn't it weird, like, now that we have our cameras on our phones, like, when you look back on, let's say, your pick your college years, yeah. How many pictures do you think you have of you in your college years? None. Right. We, we, nothing. No, nothing. 
Uh, every picture I have, honestly, starts with my Google Photos in, in 2012. Everything before that are just rolls of film. I vac- you know, I certainly have vacation pictures and things like that. Yeah. But like, I'll give you a for instance. Matthew started playing baseball at five years old in 2009. I have very few pictures of him playing t-ball in 2009. But when you get to 2000, I maybe it's 2011 is when I started with Google Photos. I've got every I've got so many pictures of him and then Joseph playing baseball when he started in t-ball starting at that point, but prior yeah. to that nothing, like nothing. Yeah, like mine I have a twin niece and nephew and they turned 22 this weekend. They have their whole life, I bet. I have right like a hundred pictures at least from each year of their life. That's amazing. That must be so strange to be able to look back on every tiny aspect of your life in photos and videos. And that's what I think is so neat about the Google. I don't understand where the hell it is. Honestly, I don't get the whole cloud thing. Yeah, right. Right. Like where is, you know, you know the amount of photos they must have in the Google cloud. Millions and millions of millions, and right. yet they're the you log in and there they are. Yeah, I, it's it really is. It's incredible. How about just the fact that like I asked you and I printed it. I'm going to put it up on my so I moved my office downstairs in the basement. If people saw on TV today, so I have a different. I did I notice the, that. And the setup to me, I got to get the lighting better. Although TV didn't mind it, um, but I, the setup is better for me because I don't have to be quiet with my, you know, everybody upstairs. Blah 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 blah. But anyway, my point is, I asked you when I decided to do this a couple weeks ago about a photo that me. Now there's another one I'd prefer with Eddie in it, but the one from Headliner with me, you. Boomer and Greg, because I want to hang a, f- a picture that I have with me, Boomer, and Craig, but I would not do that without one with Greg involved. Yes. And you found it for me in, what, five minutes? Jerry, you know what's amazing, too? So I end up, you know, when I'm kicking around the house, fiddling with the piano, all this stuff, I have uh, Carton and Roberts on in the background. And anytime Craig brings something up of, uh, I think there's, uh, you know, we had this on, we did this once when he's reminiscing or just yeah. talking about and if I'm just sitting there, I'll like he did it the other day. He was talking about the Stanley Cup. They were talking about oh, it was they were talking about with the Tom Brady throwing the uh, Super Bowl trophy, right? And then Craig was talking about oh, we had the Stanley guy, Cup guy in, and I was throwing blueberries in it. Blah, blah. All I went into Google Photos, I typed in trophy, and, and it, came, it up. came up. And I sent yeah. like I send them these things like immediately because it takes ten seconds. That is humble. I know if that not even sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It it is awesome. Very. But how funny. does like how does that picture know that's a trophy in that photo? I have no idea. I I I guess just recognition, photo recognition. I don't know. I understand like if you typed in Brooklyn because the the photos have uh, know where the photo was taken, right? They they use the GPS. Sure. But to type in like trophy and every picture where there's a trophy. There's even times where the tro- I'm like there's no trophy in this picture. Then you look in the back corner, it's like the it's like on a desk. It's not even the main part of the picture. I know. And it'll bring it up. And it still brings it up. It's fascinating. It Very really strange. is unbelievable. I love it. I know. But I, I, it, I it is cool. I wish we had more photos. Like I I just know there are there are years like I think, like randomly, nineteen ninety six. Do I? I might not have a single photo from nineteen ninety six. I might yeah. not. I, I, well, I do. I, I know I do because um, you know I've been with Kim since ninety one, and we do a photo books from probably starting around there. So I do, yeah. but not many. And you they're know, like, like you said, there it's vacation, Christmas, yeah. birthday. That's exactly what it is. And yeah, there's it's holidays, maybe some summer stuff. But not every day of your life. You know how many photos I have, Al? And, I mean, i got to go through it and clean it up, to be honest. But you know how many photos I have of the back of vitamin bottles? <laughs> I can't read them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I have a ton of that crap, too. Oh, my God. Or I take the picture of, like, you know, ingredients at a store of something. Right. And it's like, I'll go through my Google Photos. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Four years ago today, Jerry, you took a picture of the ingredients <laughs> in a devil dog <laughs> to see if you were okay to eat it. Jackass. You're right. Yeah, very oh, funny. That's funny. You want some good news before we wrap up? Yes. I would love good news, Jerry. It's a Friday, feel good Friday, good news Friday. As we were doing this podcast, yeah. Bitcoin just surpassed 53. Wow. 53.2 right now. 
That is nice. I'm telling you, I put a thousand. I only put a thousand dollars in because I yeah. didn't get to it till it was at thirty-eight. I think, right. but it's nice. See, I mean, yours has got to be your fifteen hundred's got to be worth five grand now. I put in. Uh, I put in probably a total of nineteen hundred. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I think mine's at like yeah six six thousand now. You've done Something well. Like that. Yeah. yeah, you've done well. I, I would say make, so. You know, make you know, it's all timing though when you sell it, right? Always is because it keeps going up, and then uh, at some point it'll crash. And if well, you yeah. didn't sell it when you, ha- my game plan was when it hit one hundred thousand dollars per Bitcoin, which would have to double of what it is now. Then I'll get out. A hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. That's which I think would net me fifteen thousand dollars. Which would be unbelievable which for a nineteen hundred dollar investment. You yeah. are not kidding. And you know what? I think it's gonna. I really do think it's gonna get there. There's well, you too know many big people getting involved. Right, that's what I'm thinking. At $100,000, I'll probably be like, I'm going to push it. And then all of a sudden, it'll just crash. Yeah, but you know what, though? If you have it in your mind, just stick with it. If that's, that's what, what you're uh, doing, just do that's it. What, that's what Guy Adami told me. Yeah. When I was talking it. to him about it, he says, everyone has a game plan, and then they don't stick to it. Stick He's to like, your game stick plan. Stick to your game plan. And you know what? You don't look back. I know you have regrets. I'm a big regret guy. I understand. But if you if you, if you turn $1,900 into fifteen or 16000 that, that you're good. Just right. Be happy. Right. I should be good. I mean, I put a thousand in. If that turns out to be seven or eight thousand, I'm going to be you know fired up. I don't know that it'll get there, but you know what I'm saying. Right. So whatever. All right, all right, Jerry. Let's do the warm up show. I did that with CeeLo because you were in the middle of uh, planes, trains, and automobiles trying to get yes. back to uh, New Jersey. And let me just uh, on the record. I know I tweeted yeah. it, but a, a really a big thank you for Chris for you know doing that this morning because I really thought that I was going to be able to get off the bus and hook up yeah. on on go whatever the hell the thing is called Cuba whatever it is, and Software. the fact that. The ride was. I'm glad that I took him up on his offer because that ride on the bus was so long because of the weather. So thank you to Chris Lopresti very much. I appreciate it. And all good. All right. Shout out to Chris Lopresti. We'll see you on Monday, Jerry. Uh, yes, sir. Looking forward to it. I will see you then. Soul. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. I would say it's never sucked. How about that? I don't know who is here with me today. My name is Al Dukes. I'm here. I'm in the Jersey Shore, Bradley Beach to be exact. There's a retired Greyhound racer at my feet. Um, I don't know who else is with me. Jerry was in Michigan last night until uh, there was a 9 o'clock tip-off Rutgers-Michigan. Uh, don't know how that went. I th- Actually, I think I did see Rutgers lost. I don't know if CeeLo's here. I don't know if Jerry's here. I don't know if Eddie's oh, good morning, here. Al. Oh, hi, CeeLo. How are you? I'm doing fine. I am uh, Where are you about at? 20, 25 minutes west of you. At we'll just come over Central then. Jersey. Yeah, maybe I will uh, during the just break. Just come over and I'll during come right the break. Over. It's a little slippery, so be careful there. <laughs> so, Jerry, uh, I, evidently Jerry's, pl- <laughs> Jerry's plane ran out of fuel last night. <laughs> 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 this is that... your captain speaking. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, Jerry's oh my God. plane. See, I got... I got the word that it was diverted. I wasn't told why it was diverted. It was diverted because they didn't have enough fuel. That is incredible. What? Oh! oh Just give me $5 gas. <laughs> Don't fill it. it. My sister used to do the, when she'd pull up in her car, back when gas was like 99 cents, she would get $2 gas. Oh, my God. You know, because teenage girls, they got no money. Teenage boys have no money. When you're a teenager, you got no money. You got to scrape together. You want to go out with your friends, go to get McDonald's. You can't put five dollars gas in your car. You could only right. put that's what Jerry's plane did last night. And two and two gallons of gas for your sister might have bought her a few days because oh. she probably wasn't traveling very far. Oh yeah, all local miles, CeeLo. Yeah. That's the lowest I ever remember gasoline being, ninety nine cents. There was a mobile station where I lived in Tampa on the corner that I used to go to and I remember when I we would fill up my a Honda Civic, uh it would sometimes it was cost like thirteen dollars to fill yeah. my tank. 
same. Ninety nine cents. Oh yeah, it was a Honda Civic as well. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. You think that's a man's car now? Like, can a man go get a Honda Civic? Absolutely. They're actually they're actually a little even sportier now. And they're my, very sporty. Uh, soon, my soon to be seventy two year old father drives a Honda Civic. Is that right? Is that right? Yes, sir. So a Honda Civic is like a Cheerios. You when you're very young and you can eat them, and when you're very old, you eat them, and somewhere in between, you eat them as well. That's the Honda Civic. I agree one hundred percent. CeeLo, with all the confusion going on and who's co-hosting this show, I thought we would kick it off with some fun music. I read that Oliver Perez, the former Met uh, left-hander has signed a minor league deal with the Indians. I had no idea this guy was still in baseball. Yeah, he's hanging on. But Ali Perez was one of those guys that was, uh, when I was a prolific songwriter, uh, he was one of my targets, mainly because he was terrible, and his name rhymed with a bunch <laughs> of things. So I asked Eddie if he could chase down some of my old Ali P songs, just the choruses, and see what we got. Eddie, fire away one of the Ali P songs, if you will. Well, we only have the really short stuff. What? Okay, just really the, long stuff. let's do the really short stuff. Let's not uh, kill people here. It's Ollie P now. <laughs> it's Ollie P now. That was, of course, to um, uh, who are those Huey dudes Lewis. from Australia? Just, That's oh, no, not the, Hugh that was, Lewis. No, the police. Nope. Oh, yeah. God, the police. Here's the you problem. Know, the pol- I'll, t- I'll tell you. Can I tell you why that just happened? Yeah. So my dad, who has a massive record collection, right? When I was little, he sounds maybe- like a cool guy. Huge record oh. collection, cruising around a Honda Civic. Dude, yeah, you guys could talk music for yeah. days. So when I was little, we've got the videos to prove it. We're like two or three years old. I'm talking. We were living in Queens, and he used to put on the albums, and I used to, you know, dance in the living room or kind of rock. <laughs> I'd be holding yeah, the out. album cover in my yes. hand. I'd kind of just not not rock out, but just like rock on my feet bounce back and forth and those so okay so huey lewis the sports sports album was like, sure that was huge probably my 85 first. yeah exactly okay the police not so much men at work was yes that so and that's a terrible job by me that uh i didn't get that right i just it was like an instant reaction because yeah. you and i were talking about huey lewis yesterday and how you would write yourself the post-it note more yes, huey lewis men at work who can it be now was a big big 80s hit that i was into all right, Eddie, fire away the second Ollie P song. Ollie P, Ollie P. Yeah, that's really short. That was to, uh, of course, Let It Be by the Beatles. Yeah, a little more uh, noticeable. Now, those are the two I remembered. I don't remember any other Ollie P songs. So that was it. That. that was it. We just have those two. I really feel like I was a prolific writer with Ollie P, but maybe they were really <laughs> long songs that had <laughs> no real payoff. more Mike Pelfrey and uh, Ari Dickey. Ari Dickey. Those are my now, two Now, why do you guys. say when you were a prolific songwriter, you don't well, listen, think of yourself as that anymore? You know, uh, there are a lot of artists that uh, have a songwriting period. You know, Lennon McCartney, Jagger Richards, uh, that uh, they uh, Billy Joel hasn't written a song in years. Right, you know, well, he's the, got, what hundreds of them. So right, but at some point you need, like, I need someone to come along on either one of, one of these local teams that is going to give me inspiration. Now, for the most part, if I'm singing multiple songs about you, something's not going right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you need somebody to suck, pretty much, is what. Is, or someone somebody to, have a, to suck and have uh, be a, a real noticeable person, maybe yeah. with an interesting name that you can rhyme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And That's there are certain guys that had been here for a long time. Like, we had a lot of athletes. Like, like Eli Manning sat here a quarterback for how many years? It's like... Yeah. Run out of songs for him. Yeah. 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 years, something like yeah. that. Yeah. CeeLo, since we're talking baseball with Oliver Perez signing a minor league deal with the Indians, by the way, that proves he's not doing it for the money because that guy got paid a boatload of cash. He just must be the love of the game. Yeah, the he's going to be 40 game. in August. He's 40. for a zillion different teams now, so it's good you stuff. You know what happens when you're 40? You're a man. You're a man. Come, Come after at me. me. Yeah. Be a man. A <laughs> uh, little uh, controversy going around on in Yankee land. Uh, Zach Britton and Domingo Herman. you know, yesterday we reported here that uh, – the Yankees were given Domingo Herman a second chance. He had the uh, yes. domestic violence uh, situation. Uh, somebody caught up with Zach Britton, I guess, another Yankee pitcher, who didn't seem too thrilled that uh, Domingo Herman is coming back. And uh, he told the reporter, quote, I think sometimes you don't get to control who your teammates are. And that's the situation. To which somebody hit Mr. Zach Britton up on Twitter and told him to shut up and pitch. To which Zach Britton wrote back to this fella, get a clue, bud, was asked the question, by the way, 
gave my answer. Don't care if you are sensitive to it. So boom, the double dude down. Tweeted at him. It was even. It was even a little more aggressive. It was a little. Just, it was more aggressive. I tried shut the up. blank up and pitch yeah. and stop blowing games. So he takes. A oh, he hit him with the stop blowing game. Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> I love so. it. Zach Britton went right back at him. Good response by Zach Britton. I, it felt yeah. like a. It felt like a reply that Al Dukes would give to yes. a angry WFAN listener. Right on Twitter. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I would Twitter definitely be, be one on of Twitter. those. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely. Right. I would definitely be one of those dudes on Twitter, like Zach Britton. Yeah, no, I give Just him, listen, shut he, up. Give him credit. He he gave an honest answer. It'd probably be a little awkward and uncomfortable for him in the clubhouse around Domingo Herman now, but he doesn't really care. He's got an opinion, and good for him for putting it out there. I'm maybe sure he's he doesn't, not the only one that feels that way. Maybe he doesn't hang out with Domingo Herman, so he doesn't care. Well, he doesn't hang out with him, but I mean, the clubhouse ain't that big, and they're both on the pitching staff. So at some point, right. they're going to be close. Like when they do those PFP drills, where the you know the pitcher fielding practice, where they hit the yeah. little weak ground balls, or they have to they hit the ground balls to the first baseman and the pitchers. You always see that this time of year in spring training, the pitchers pretending to throw, and then they take their little jog over to first base and they get the flip from the first baseman and they, yes. they cover first base. So they could be in the same line doing that, Al. So maybe that'll be Aaron Boone for the rest of spring training has to make sure he keeps Zach Britton and Domingo Herman away from each other. You may not know the answer to this, but does Domingo Herman use a translator? I... I'm pretty sure he does, but I can't say 100%. Now, the thing, I, now that's also what, what guys do with the media. It doesn't mean that you know they can't speak to each other you know, when they're not answering questions in the spotlight of talking to the media. I wonder how that is in the clubhouse when guys speak completely different languages and they don't yeah. – you know, they, they have to use an interpreter. Like do those – like, like if, if that's the case, is Zach Britton and Domingo Herman hanging out chatting anyway? It would be almost impossible. Yeah, they could I, hang I, out I get and the do sense, baseball things. Yeah, I get the sense that that these guys probably are able to chat and communicate, you know, to the extent that they need to. But like, if Zach Britton and Domingo Herman were going to sit down and have a an airing of grievances and a Impossible. serious com- conversation, then they'd have to probably get a translator involved. Like, In here's a, serious a good example: matter. Garrett Cole was asked about Masahiro Tanaka yesterday, and like, oh, okay, he raved about him. Like, you mm-hmm. know, oh, I miss his smile, a great teammate, blah, 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 blah. You get the sense that they really had a relationship, so that tells me that you know Tanaka probably knows a decent amount of English, but when he's got the mic in front of him and everyone's you know ready to pick apart anything he says with the media he wants to make sure he's all buttoned up so he goes that makes the translator sense. yeah that makes sense CeeLo. yeah another guy who i now love on the mets uh aaron loop is that how you say his last name loop. oh you love aaron loop now i love aaron loop now he's a, a mets pitcher he said he uh, wouldn't uh mind being the guy who's a starter like to one of these guys that starts a game and then what do they call that when when um, the opener opener that he wants to be an opener because uh, he says uh, who wouldn't want to be the guy that gets to start a game then go sit in the clubhouse and drink a, fr- a few brews on the back end and watch the rest of it sounds Perfect. damn good to me right yeah actually Craig had this idea years ago before even I think the Rays started doing openers which hmm. Craig's idea and I heard him discussing with Evan the other day as well is. You get all you get nine pitchers on your team. They pitch every game one inning. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. You uh, confuse everybody. Imagine like for the Mets, like uh, Degrom pitches the first inning, yeah. Syndergaard the second inning. I mean, it'd be interesting. The third inning, but yeah. yeah, you're running out of pitchers. Aaron Loop, you missed your boy. Your Aaron boy, Loop, Aaron Loop, yeah. Like, why wouldn't it'd a team that really sucks try that? Well, that's kind of I think where the Rays started a little bit. They didn't have. <laughs> They didn't have those front line <laughs> starting guys or enough of them to fill out their rotation. So. so they sucked. So they were like, why don't we give this a shot? Yeah. Well, there were some analytics involved. They would tell you it was probably a little bit more in depth as far as their, their critical thinking went. But um, I, I'm not sure that it was that in depth initially. It just turned into something that worked for them. And then they probably went to work on crunching the numbers and figuring it out and the matchups and which guys to use. By the way, your boy Aaron Loop, do you know which team he finished 2020 with? Aaron Loop, I do not. The Tampa Bay Rays. So Is that he might, right? He knows a little something about oh. these openers and the bullpen manipulation. He knows about being an opener, and he knows that you throw one inning, you go to the clubhouse, you crack open a beer, you put the game on the TV, and 
and yep. relax. Precisely. He pitched in 24 games last year, 25 mm-hmm. total innings. There you go. <laughs> what a career. One inning, one inning uh, an appearance, yeah. Not one inning. It's good work if you can get it. One game, one series, CeeLo. That's what I say. Yes, sir. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I have some NBA stuff to do. I've got some NFL things to do, and I have an Olympic figure skating coach who bites people. <laughs> and Boomer and Gia will be uh, here at the top of the hour. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Al and Jerry, let's talk more rock. Yeah, we are rocking over here. Check this out. This is uh, Pete Yorn. He's a he's a uh, New Jersey guy, and this is a Bob Dylan song. Come on, you like this, Cela? Is this your buddy? Didn't you have a buddy, Pete, or do you not know this guy? I don't know this guy. Oh, okay. This guy's a legitimate rock star, Pete Yorn. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Come know. Come on, lady, lady. I wish I knew Pete Yorn. I wish we could hang out and drink Al's boring beers together and Maybe talk about can. sports. Talk about music. Me and Pete Yorn go over to uh, Mr. Lepresti's house. We'd get in his Honda Civic. We'd put on some police and uh, men at work records. By the and way, just it's really dissect it. Now. Yeah, so men at work, who can it be now was a favorite. I mentioned Huey Lewis, the sports album, uh, Heart of Rock and Roll. And then Stevie Winwood's Roll with it was another one. As a, a young toddler, a yeah. two or three year old that I used to rock out to in our Queen's living room. I bet the uh, police album he had was Synchronicity, the one with every breath you take on it. That was a Probably. huge album around the He's, time of uh, Huey Lewis Sports. He still has like a, an armoire full of his albums, then, and he still has record players. So he, he's yeah. old school, man. He's old school. Maybe look into your armoire. Exactly. To Atlanta check out your albums. Yeah. <laughs> a little NBA action. First of all, the Nets beat the Lakers last night, which I guess is this surprising, CeeLo. Uh, it is a little bit, and also what's surprising is the the final score, you know, because the Nets, as we know, don't play a lot of defense. So mm-hmm. uh, this was a low-scoring game for today's NBA, and the numbers weren't all that great for, like, you know, at least from three-point range. Like Kyrie and LeBron, they didn't exactly light it up. I think LeBron still had over 30. But, yeah, it's a good win for the Nets without Durant. I know Anthony Davis is out for the Lakers, but they got Kyrie back, and uh, they're – I think that's what five in a row, and they've got one more game on this West Coast trip. So they're they're getting it together, even though they uh, haven't had their best player for a lot of it. It's a good job out of them. Yeah, so they beat the Lakers one hundred nine ninety eight, as you said. Yes. Good defense keeping the Lakers under a hundred points. Maybe that, or maybe the Lakers just had an off shooting night. I'm not going to lie to you and suggest that I you know stayed up late and watched the whole thing. So maybe the Lakers suck, CeeLo. You ever think of that? Uh, the defending champs who are yeah. – what's their record? I think they're second place in the West. 22-8? Oh. and eight? No, I don't, I don't think they suck. Hmm. Yeah, LeBron had 32, but he was just one of six from three-point range. So we know these guys like to shoot the threes. From three, yes. Uh, Adam Silver said the NBA holding the All-Star game is, quote, the right thing to do. Well, of course. I mean – it's the right thing to do because we need cash. They're doing it. Right. They are what doing it now. They did <laughs> name uh, – <laughs> Yes. Imagine if he came out and they like they announced we're going to do the All Star game, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I agree. The players are right. We really shouldn't be doing this, but we're going to yeah. go ahead and do it anyway." <laughs> we got to do it. Listen, we're doing it now. One thing I don't understand about the NBA and the All Star game, right? So they come out now. Durant and Kyrie are going to be starters, and LeBron and KD were named captains. Now, why is it in the NFL? Guys and the the main stars they bail on that that um that get that Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl? all the time. Why can't yes. why can't NBA players bail on the All Star game? Um, I especially don't know if they the, don't want to play know, it. You know who's a good person to ask? Evan Roberts, Boomer. Boomer size that for you, yeah. Hi, I, the, the all, I don't know if it's something that's you know in in the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Also, the fact that the you know every All Star game except the NFL's game is mid-season rather than end of season. Mm-hmm. That could be part of it. You know, NFL, end of season, guys are banged up, they're injured. Some of them are in the playoffs or, or were in the playoffs. And then the, the only the thing I always thought was like, well, why are you turning down a free trip to Hawaii? You know, like that's not so right. bad. 
but they don't want to get. They don't, they don't always do it there anymore. Now it's been in Florida a couple of times, but still, Florida in January is not so bad either. Then they tried it where they were doing it in the Super Bowl city, like they did it in uh, Arizona the one year, Phoenix. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I went to I went to that uh, All Pro game. How was that? It was all right. We I went with Craig and his kids. Interesting. So that was the. Of course, we got a we Patriots, got a nice box. Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl year. Then I would imagine Patriots, Super Bowl forty nine, wasn't it? I don't. You know, I can't even remember who was in that Super Bowl. I know it was in Arizona. That's all I sure care about. Was the, I think that was the last one in Glendale. That was forty nine, and it, that was the year that um, Eddie would know. Oh, He's God, an expert at Super name? Bowls. Which Super Bowl is this? He's saying the last one that was in uh, Arizona. Could it have Super been Bowl the 49. Giants, uh, Patriots, 42? No, 49. I, here's how I know. 49. I was there and I covered it. <laughs> 49. Oh, so you're right the, then. You're probably right. Yeah. Oh, if you dude, I'm probably right. I'm telling you. Malcolm if, Butler picked off Russell Wilson in, at, at, at the goal line. And if, the, the Pats beat the Seahawks. Previous to this, CeeLo, if you would have said to me, and I love the NFL. Like, I'm locked into the NFL. If you would have said to me, hey, Al, have the Seahawks and Patriots ever met in the Super Bowl? I would have said no. <laughs> it's I only one of the most famous no. plays in Super Bowl history. Right. When you say that, I remember that. Okay. But gotcha. I don't remember seeing those. I pictured the two helmets face-to-face, like, right. in promos and things, and I don't recall that. Didn't work for you. LeBron James says he wants to make an album, although he says he's not going to be rapping on it. So I, I thought, oh, maybe he's doing like an R&B album, a rock album, but it seems like it's going to be a rap album. He's just not rapping on it. So he's going he to be friends. a producer then? I guess he's going to be a producer. Isn't he already a producer of Who knows? Like, a, like a film company or something like that? I think Who he's got knows? his hands in a lot of things. These guys all have their hands in a million things. Athletes always want to be music stars. Music stars want to be athletes. Where did that originate, by the way? Any idea? Hmm. I don't know where that originated. Yeah. Babe Ruth, he wanted to be a rock star. And Elvis wanted to and Elvis (laughs) wanted to play for the Yankees. That's where it started. (laughs) I believe the Elvis one. I believe the Babe Ruth one. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when um remember when country star Garth Brooks went to like the Padres? Spring training. He wanted they, to be on he, the Padres. I'm pretty sure he did that with the Mets one year as well. He did. I've, 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 yeah, I've got. That's right. He appeared in a Mets spring training game. I've got the. If you, Al, Garth if you're Brooks, in front of, just just I Google am. it. it you Google, Google Google Garth Brooks Mets. Right, Garth Brooks on. Mets, and Garth look at the Brooks. images. Look at the go to images. I'll go to. I images. think I remember the oh, at bat. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember the at bat. I think he struck wow. out. If I'm not mistaken. He looks you like can a see ball him player. there in the game with the well, minus the you know the the beer belly there, but yeah, but he had that, a goatee yeah, sure. going, which is very popular. Uh, it looks yes. like he's done it a couple times because there's yeah. one time he's in the uniform, he's got the goatee. There's another time where he's got white hair, and you're right, I a see, couple extra I see lbs. Royals here, Royals, yep. Pirates. Oh, this guy looks like Tigers. Padres. Oh, that's is this was this him in the Yankees? Who was that? No, the Yankees there wouldn't was somebody, go for that. There was somebody, oh, Billy Crystal did it for the Yankees. That's right. Remember, they, they threw him yeah. into a spring training game. Well, if you don't yeah. remember that the Seahawks and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl, you probably don't remember this either. So They're making a mockery of baseball, CeeLo. Plus, they yeah, gave Garth Brooks training. Mookie Wilson's number. That's not right. Yeah, you're right. That's not right. He's I Mookie. That. Yeah. Mookie. Got Piazza here with his, you know, giving him a pat on the back. Yeah. His hmm. black Met jerseys that uh, I don't know, like those. Yeah, Steve Cohen got big deal when he was still on Twitter. Got into this back and forth with some of the Met fans about bringing the black jerseys back. Because I feel like every team's got black jerseys, like in the NFL too. Every team goes to like the black helmet when they've got no other game plan. Yeah, a lot of black helmets in the NFL. That's right. Uh, the Knicks have sold out uh, a couple of games within uh, two two Knicks games actually within a half hour with uh, MSG set to reopen with I think around two thousand fans. Oh, shocking. I mean, they were terrible. They've been terrible for two decades, and they sell out, you know, however, <laughs> 19,000 every night. So, so you didn't think it would be a problem to sell out no. to two games with 2,000 fans? I, I did not. People are starved to get back into the garden to watch uh, two I, I average teams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be starved. To, like, I like this nice break from not going places. It's nice. Well, you do, but there's a lot yeah. of other people. Who other don't. people, as we discussed like, with the like you know the baseball out. attendance yesterday, when we were talking about that yesterday morning. Right, people. There are people when given the opportunity that mm-hmm. will run back to these arenas and Interesting. stadiums. Yeah, I'd go to a rock show right now. 
if I could go somewhere, especially what's even cool now, I guess even, you know, for all of these things and nothing worse than like you spending big money on a ticket to go to a rock show or to go to a basketball game or a baseball game. And you got some losers near you that are being loud and obnoxious and bumping into you. Now they can't social distance, my friend step back. So now why would you, you just said it's nice yes. to get a break and stay home. So <laughs> yes. that's how you're, that's your take towards sporting events, take. but you'd run right yes. out to a rock show. I probably would run out to a rock show. I've got to rock okay. out. Every All once right. in a while, CeeLo, I have to, I have to let loose and rock out. Well, that's just where your passion is. We understand yeah. that. My passion is to- more passionate about music than sports. My passion is to rock out. That's yes. what I do. I'm picturing you doing that right now. When is this All-Star game for basketball? Uh, is it like a couple up- weeks? Yeah, it's early March. I think the break is like March 5th to the 10th, something like that. So if you go to the All-Star game, you get no break. Well, that's why a lot of these guys don't. Yeah, they don't like it. <laughs> Except, again, it's you get like five days off. You're playing in one game where there's no defense. There's no intensity. You know, you go have some fun. You watch the slam dunk contest, the skills competition. You know, in the past, maybe you go out and party. So, like, it's in Atlanta. You know, there's some things to do and some trouble to get into in Atlanta, but maybe not this year because of the pandemic. Yeah, the mayor um, actually so, of Atlanta said, please don't come here to party. Yeah, and, well, I understand uh, that this year. It's and and begging, begging clubs and restaurants and bars to please do not run any All-Star Game specials. Isn't that the the place? Who was the guy? Isn't that where the uh, the strip joint slash wing place is? Um, oh, yeah, Atlanta's... Atlanta's big into the strip club game. Yeah, they're like second the, to Tampa. Who was the? Oh God, this was a big story. Oh, Lou Williams from the Clippers, right? He said they Lou was, Williams. Caught, yeah, remember this was last summer, and he had to quarantine because he he got caught going to the strip club, and he was saying oh. how he went there for the chicken wings, not for the, oh yes, the yeah. girls. Yeah, yes, yeah. we all go there for the chicken wings, yes. CeeLo. So that is that that place is in Atlanta. So oh, okay, the, you got to be careful with some of these NBA guys when they get into yeah. Atlanta. You know, oh yeah, they love those wings. But how are you? If you're a restaurant in Atlanta, you have to be ready to rock and roll with some specials. Well, you mean you're probably uh, your business is dying now. You got yeah. some NBA guys with some cash rolling in. Yeah, you need to get them in there. Sure. I'd open no, right man. up. I'd take I, the fine. I, I'm sure they will be. They'll be dangling that stuff out there for these guys. Like, yeah, you know, the cheese for the mouse, trying to trying to track them, attract them into the trap. I'd do this. I'd say. I'd put at signs, no matter what I serve. Like if I serve chicken wings or burgers, I'd be like, best burgers in town. Right. Like an elf. Really lure best them cup, in. Best cup of coffee. And he takes right. Zoe Deschanel in there and blindfolds her. And you know, tell me what you taste. She goes, it tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. Oh. And then he takes the blindfold off and she goes, it is a crappy cup of coffee. He goes, <laughs> no, no, it's the world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> I see uh, Jerry Rucco had tweeted um, – Thanks to CeeLo for hopping on the warm-up show. Our flight home from Michigan was diverted to Cleveland to refuel because of an adjusted flight pattern. And you said that he's basically Steve Martin in planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, sort of. I mean, minus the trains. He did do the automobile, I'm sure, once he got back to Rutgers. We we don't even know. He may be on a train right now. I picture Jerry pulling that big... uh, What was that big like uh, case that they were dragging around town in uh, planes, trains, and automobiles? Oh yeah, John Candy's che- his his chest, <laughs> his chest yeah. that he's just over. Yeah, yeah. I picture him doing all of that. Yep, classic. Hmm. I classic. love the very brief Kevin Bacon cameo in that very. What first did he scene. do? Well, as Steve Martin is trying to race to the cab, Kevin Bacon they catch eyes. Kevin Bacon's on the other side of the street. And oh they yeah. Both realize there's this cab and they sprint after it. Right down whatever maybe Sixth Avenue or Park. I think it was Park Avenue. You know, middle of rush hour. It's uh, you know a couple of days before Thanksgiving, and Bacon's you know young and in good shape, and Steve Martin ends up tripping over John Candy's you know his his chest there. I'm, there's another mm-hmm. word for it that I'm blanking on, and then Kevin Bacon gets the cap, and that trunk. was it. That was the it's a trunk. only trunk. Thank you, trunk. That was it. That was the one. That was the only scene for Kevin Bacon in that movie. We never met him. We never heard from him. We don't know what his name was, and he was gone. Just like that. He was gone like, like a that. thief in the night. Exactly. Let's take a quick break here before I get into some NFL stuff, CeeLo. I've got – so what will, let me take a look at my NFL notes real quick. I've got mm, yeah, uh, the Eagles and Colts situation. But I've got before vid- that, uh, Al, if I may, oh. we have a Jerry update. Oh, a Jerry uh-huh. update. Uh, and now I have a flat tire. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Please tell me he's joking. I don't think so, and uh, I don't know. I, I texted him back, were you underway or are you still at the rag? So I don't know. 
Oh, my God. So Jerry rolls up to his car with a flat tire. Oh, my God. This is like... <laughs> oh, there's you a clip of Jerry. This up. Oh, ah! <laughs> These are sounds Jerry made when he got to the parking lot and his tire was flat. Uh, I'm oh. at the rack. I'll be okay. Nail slow leak. Filling it right now with air <laughs> compressor. <laughs> oh! Oh! And Jerry's probably in oh a suit, right? God. Don't they have to do those games in suits? I don't know what the protocol is. <laughs> I would say at least shirt and tie. And right. slacks. Jerry's in a shirt and tie right now, jacking unless, up a car. Unless Jerry oh! does, unless he oh! does what the players do, and they change into like those you know, uniform jumpsuits for the flight home. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I can see Jerry walking into the arena like uh, the football players. Jerry's got his big Beats headphones on, sunglasses. Yeah. Doesn't want to be bothered. The, I thought yeah. he fixed this nail with the. Didn't he talk about that the other day? He did talk about it. I he didn't he fix it. I guess. I guess not. Oh, he or it's another one, it. Eddie. Eddie, you live and drive in New Jersey. Oh, Are you boy, kidding me? Yeah. You can get them at any moment. Yeah, my my Honda Fit, which has been in my driveway since the winter storm uh, around the whatever two three weeks ago. That ain't gonna stop. Isaias. That has uh, no, not Isaias. Oh. That was the summer storms, uh, CeeLo. This oh, was okay. Orle- what was the name of Orlina? Orlina. Thank you. There you yeah, go. Yeah. So yeah, it, it has a <laughs> it has a screw in the tire and is totally down. Oh boy. Good times. I had certain cars where that they seem to attract uh, flat tires and nails. and. I think it's just the region we live in. Yeah, you know where I used to get hit all the time was on the 59th Street Bridge when uh, WFAN <laughs> was in Queens. Yep. I don't know what went on on that bridge. <laughs> Not People <good> just <laughs> dumping nails and <laughs> screws and all and sorts of things. The flat just to come out and throw sharp objects on the road. <laughs> God. Dude, I, even yesterday driving home, like already because of the plows, like there, I saw brand new potholes that had clearly just been created, nice. like craters in the road. And I'm like, what I are love we doing a good, there? I love a good crater pothole. Yeah, it's brutal. I've ended up with many a flat tire because of those when I had like the low to the ground sedan. Yeah, and I learned and the sport tuned suspension that's like very rigid, and I was like, okay, <laughs> we gotta we gotta switch over to a more bouncy suspension here with the all wheel drive. So, CeeLo, rack uh, to uh, Jerry's house. What half hour at least? Oh, yeah. Easy. So, okay. So, if he gets the, you know, compressor, yeah, we'll be home about 6.15. Good times. (laughs) Hitting a pothole is one of those things, like, if if you hit a pothole, really hit a pothole, that is one of those things that will make me just yell the F word sitting, being in the car by myself. I did it yesterday, driving home. You did. You went douche and you screamed the F word. Oh, and yeah. Then I, well, just, yeah, because even I wasn't even going fast, but it's like my immediate thought is, great, I'm going to get the tire pressure indicator light here in about five minutes. I used to also, as soon as I would hit the pothole, as soon as I would get going again, I would let go of the wheel to see if my front end alignment got all screwed up. Like, yes. It's pulling. It's pulling to the right. Yep. Oh, I got to go get, a, gotta get the wheels realigned now. <laughs> got to make an appointment. Pain in the butt. Or you could be one of those guys that is, is dodging every pothole because I see that guy, those guys too, and especially guys in sports cars, they try to dodge every little pothole so they're constantly weaving. Yeah. Or any raised manhole cover. Yeah. So they'd rather you know potentially get into an accident with your yes. car just to avoid said pothole or manhole. Exactly. Cover. And yeah, coming home the la- last day of work before uh, before the Christmas break for me, coming down Varick to, towards the tunnel. <laughs> And it wasn't even the tire indicator. Like it was a blowout. So then I had to go to <laughs> – I wound up going to four different uh, Jersey City tire places oh before I found one that had my uh, car. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Eddie, you always like to say when someone's heading off to vacation at this moment, it's doesn't the best it's doesn't get any better be. than right, right now until and you that, get a blowout. And that couldn't have been any truer in that moment. Good time. When we come back on the other side, maybe we'll find out Jerry got a speeding ticket on his ride home. <laughs> uh, Boomer and Geo at the top. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. That's right. Jerry having a hell of a night so far. He uh, did a Rutgers game in Michigan. 
then, uh, you know, a lot of snow and ice situation. Then when he went to fly back, their plane, instead of going to a Newark, went to Cleveland to refuel for whatever reason. Then Jerry arrived at uh, the airport and uh, or the rack, wherever his car was parked, and he's got a flat tire. So Jerry's crushing it right now, and it's only 542 in the morning. So uh, CeeLo joins me. Good morning, I really, I feel really bad for him. How man. so? Because he, he, he's he's doing everything he can, and he's being constantly met with these roadblocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we had the our whole our agreement, our plan was he was like, well, when do you need to know by as far as <laughs> you know getting ready for, to potentially fill in? And I said, you can wait as long as you need. I'll set my alarm as if I'm getting up to work for you, like I normally would, which is two a.m. So he said, okay, no problem. I probably wouldn't know till midnight anyway. And by that time, I was asleep already. So I woke up at 2 with my alarm. And sure enough, got the message from him. And he said, we have boarded the plane. I think we are good. That was actually from 12.15. So I got that message at 2 o'clock. Sent him the thumbs up. Put the phone down. Rolled over. Went back to sleep. Woke up about 4.30 or so. Checked my phone just to make sure <laughs> everything was good. I had a missed call from Jerry at Uh-oh. what time? Let's see. Uh, 2.39. <laughs> and a text from 2.35. So he, he texted first, you up by any chance? <laughs> you up? That's like sounds like a sexy text is about to head your way. You up. <laughs> or I've got major trouble here and I'm throwing a flare out there hoping that you're still awake and you haven't fallen back to sleep. Jerry's like that biblical story about Job, where they, where God just keeps giving Job different uh, challenges to try yeah. to uh, overcome. Jerry's getting flat so. tires, diverted airplanes. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, one, earlier, uh, one of the first uh, stories we did earlier in the hour, Sila, we talked about how Zach Britton doesn't seem all that thrilled that Domingo Herman is getting a second chance with the Yankees. Right. Uh, because of his domestic violence past. Uh a guy who calls himself Mr. Yankee on Twitter tweeted to me and said, Zach Britton knows Spanish as he is half Dominican, like Domingo Herman, so they would communicate in Spanish. Because I wondered if they were, if they even talked in the locker room if there was a language barrier. Look at Which that did, inside information. That's mm, a great job by that. No? No good? Then I took to Wikipedia oh, okay. and found this information. It says about Zach Britton, his great-grandmother... Grandmother and mother are all of Dominican origin, but he does not speak Spanish. So, Mr. Yankee on Twitter, fake news, sad. The failing, the failing Mr. Yankee. That's right. That's what I do. That's investigate. That's that's private investigator Al Duke right there. Most of my research is basically just going to someone's Wikipedia page. That's that is as far as I take it. You figured it out. It's a good I job. did. That's right. You ever wonder who does these Wikipedia pages? Like who went and did a Zach Britton Wikipedia page? I think about that all the time because I. Know Why don't I have the, one? It's open to the public. Well, you could. You could make your own. You can go I in could? there and make it. Yeah. Well, that That's seems... why, like, you see people mess with those all the time. You know, like if you go to, uh, for example, at some point, if you went to Eli Manning's Wikipedia, it might have said, you know, like owns the New England Patriots, something right. like that. You know. Yeah. But then someone fixes it so that it's not all right. But like for the most part, it's real factual things. We think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I, rely, I rely on it pretty heavily myself. Me too. I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, but yeah. Well, well, listen, we're not doing really investigative uh, journalism where, you know. Correct. I'm just checking to see if he speaks uh, Spanish. Yeah, I use it for birthdays a lot. or Birthday shout-outs. Their history of when they signed with a certain team or if a guy was traded, it's usually a good place to go where they show you what the actual trade was. Right. Because that's not always readily available. Like, who was he traded for? What were the draft picks? What was the date of the trade? People are good with that. Right. I also love I love when someone gets hired and, like, the news will break on Twitter and within five minutes, if I go to that person's page, someone's already put it up there. Right. There's got to be some hardcore Wikipedia people out there. Definitely. I see the Mets, uh, this Trevor Rosenthal, who the Mets, I guess, were interested in, targeting, as they say, uh, yeah. signing with the A's. There the seems to Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm saying there seems to be a narrative here this offseason. You know, after the Francisco Lindor trade for the Mets, which was huge, everyone else, like now every time somebody signs with another team, they're like, that was a Mets target. Yeah, that's... I'm. I'm not buying this. I, I, I think this is I think the Mets are being used here. 
Is I that think right? That, yeah, I think Steve Cohen's money, particularly in this offseason where, you know, a lot of teams are operating at a loss from 2020 and didn't have the money to spend. I think these, I shouldn't say the players, but the Asians are using the Mets as a way to stir up interest and increase offers to their players, to their clients. And it's all oh, the Mets are involved. Mets are involved. Mm-hmm. Mets are interested. Mets are. I mean, think about all the guys they've been attached to. And I yes. know that it was a big off season for them, and we had high expectations, and they were going to bring in it. But they did. They did bring in a bunch of guys. You can't bring in everybody. So I don't know. It, it, it's a little. It's a little fishy. I think there's a little something else going on there. I don't think they're constantly getting outbid for these, you know, middle of the rung players that are signing elsewhere, especially when it's a one year contract. It's almost like they signed Lindor or traded for Lindor too early on because we've already forgotten about it right like weeks, yeah, they, a couple of weeks later it's like mm, Mets have done nothing they've yeah, done, done nothing this lately? all season <laughs> the great Janet Jackson saying that yeah. yeah what have you done for me lately a uh, little NFL news CeeLo we see yesterday Carson Wentz went to the Colts for two picks uh, then I'm also reading from Pro Football Talk that the Bears never even made an offer to Carson Wentz but we heard them that they were in the mix Right, which is another example of don't always believe what you read, right? Right. Unless it's on Wikipedia, then I believe it right. 100%. Then, then it's a fact. Well, we were so we were kind of breaking this down yesterday on the show. We were. To figure out where the quarterbacks were going to go. And, yeah. And Boomer and myself both agreed that we felt Wentz was going to be a Colt in the short oh, order. Oh, is that and right? Sure enough, a couple hours later, done deal. Do we credit you and Boomer first? We go first to uh, people who had it, CeeLo and Boomer. Would you say you mm. had it before Boomer or Boomer had it before you? Well, Boomer's been talking about it for quite a while, mm, and we know he, he he says that it's not based on any inside info. Right. Do you uh, think I'm, he's lying? I don't think he's lying. No, I don't think he's lying, and I All know right. he's listening. He's got the little smoke <laughs> on his face right now, yep, nodding his head. So I'm, I'm choosing my words very carefully. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he's lying. Of course not. Right. I just think he has uh, an informed opinion. How's that? Right, and it made yes. sense. Makes a ton of sense. Get him here. Yes. Now, I did see a lot of uh, Colts players reacting on Twitter, all excited. They can't really be all excited for Carson Wentz, can they? Well, like Boomer said yesterday, up in, yeah, that they had no quarterbacks on their roster, right? <laughs> Phillip Rivers retired. Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. It's like, well, somebody's oh, got to take the snaps right. and throw the damn ball to us. So when you've heard that you've signed the guy who has taken some snaps in the NFL, you get on board. It's like yeah. A lot of it was, uh, can't wait to get to work. Yeah, well, listen, he knows the head coach. Everyone feels the head coach knows him well and can get the best out of him. Yeah. When he was playing his best football when he was at that MVP level, Frank mm-hmm. Reich was his, his go-to man, his coordinator. So people feel like, hey, they can they can uh, get the magic back together and uh, Frank Reich can get him back to being the player he once was. Now let me ask you this, CeeLo. Uh, we, we got word a, a couple of weeks ago that Mark Chernoff is retiring later this year. Whenever that occurs and they name a uh, – his successor, will you tweet, can't wait to get to work <laughs> to this person? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess it'll depend on who that person is right. and where that person stands on right. my role at the radio station. Right. Then they write you back, who this? Who this? Right, yeah. Who New phone, who this? Yeah. You're Who's fired. this CeeLo guy? <laughs> Here's a kind of a creepy uh, story. Well, c- creepy uh, details to the uh, Vincent Jackson story. You know, he found it was he was found dead in a hotel room uh, in Brandon, Florida. They say he may have been there for days like that before he was found. Yeah, I I was reading That's this a bad when scene. I got your show sheet this morning, yeah. and the the part that really jarred me. And I'm look, I'm I, I'm not trying to make light of the situation yeah. by any means. And I also I, I've never worked in a hotel. Like I understand privacy is you know part of what the staff has to offer to their you know their yes. their customer. But when it – and it says here in the story how the hotel staff entered his room um, on the 13th and 14th of February, noticed okay. he was seated on the couch but slouched over. Hmm. And it wasn't until the – so like essentially the third time they found him in the same spot was when I guess they realized, hey, there's something up here. But like, wow. wouldn't it be a little concerning to you if you went in one day – to, I guess, clean the room or whatever, and you saw the guy, okay, fine, he's taking a nap on the couch, let me be quiet. And then you come back the next day. Same situation. Unless, uh, you know what, here's the thing I didn't consider. Perhaps two different people that entered That's true, right. So I should should recognize that, but it's just just a brutal, brutal, chilling story, and you just, I mean, ugh, terrible. 
Yeah. That's a great point, though, CeeLo. Multiple people going in. And they, you're right. The hotels, they do let you nowadays. Like, I, I have friends that will go away for like a week and they don't let, they don't want the person in the room at all. All they want is fresh towels. Right. Which then you'd actually have to be probably conscious to receive those. You know, right. To you got to call down. May I have they're, some fresh towels? Yeah. And then they're not going to just let themselves into your room to drop off some right. towels. They know? knock. And then right. I act like. So in this case. He probably didn't have the do not disturb sign up so that the person right. cleaning the room figured like, well, let me go in and do my job. And then, oh, this, oh they're, they're taking a nap. Let me be quiet and not right. disrupt this person. So it's crazy. And, and here is a very odd story uh, coming out of Olympic figure skating. You know, if we're doing a story on Olympic figure skating, probably not good news. Oh, you're locked into the figure skating world. Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm locked into crazy coaches world. This is uh, Olympic figure skating coach Peter Opgard. No chance I'm saying that right. But anyway, he allegedly uh, bit skater uh, Jessica. How do you pronounce these names where it's P-F-U-N-D? Fund? I, w- I would think fund. Fund. Yeah, but I, where the, I, doubt it's, I doubt it's P-Fund. P-Fund? You yeah, think I the P think, is silent? I think the P is silent, yeah. So this uh, Olympic skating coach allegedly bit this skater, Jessica Fund. Bite that. Who, who was only 15 at the time. He became furious with her doing a practice session in 2013, she revealed, and he bit her ankle. Bite yeah. that. Yeah, bite that. What you can't is have with... coaches. You can't have coaches biting people, CeeLo. No. Your thoughts? No, of course you can't have coaches biting people. What is yeah. it with these, like... They're nuts. These, these, these Olympic sports, but, like, you had the Carolis in gymnastics yeah. that were accused okay. of, I, I don't know if it was physical or, like, mental abuse, or, or not even from a coach standpoint, but think about what happened with uh, Nancy Kerrigan back in the day, right? Where she, oh, Smacked in the leg. Okay, yeah. Uh, and like, he's yelling, the, we got a break. The stuff that goes on in these, these high-pressure, high-profile Olympic sports mm. is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's break here so uh, Boomer and Geo can start on time. Amy Lawrence has uh, something about – I forgot what the topic was. <laughs> big dead cap hit. For the oh, middle. big dead cap hit with Carson Wentz. Situation. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Jerry's having many travel issues this morning. CeeLo is here. And uh, last night, the Nets won, CeeLo. They beat the Lakers. Holding Big your Lakers. Big time win for them. Uh, they're probably going to win the uh, NBA championship. Is that right? I don't know if I'd go that far. But oh, they're, they're, getting their, they're getting their stuff together here, starting to figure it out, get a nice little winning streak, play and a little defense now. We don't have a lot of now. time here, guys. So, CeeLo, a big thank you for pitching in, and I'll trade spots with you later. We've got you covered nice. throughout spring training.